Listen, if you have been with us the last couple of weeks, uh, the week prior to Resurrection Sunday, or maybe it was Resurrection Sunday, where we started talking about uh, living the resurrected life. Uh, and when we start talking about living the resurrected life, uh, we're really talking about having a, a life that emulates everything that Christ died for that we could have. Amen. And we don't just mean material things. Amen. Uh, in fact, that's that's what we call low-hanging fruit. The material yes. things are low-hanging fruit. We're talking about being complete in him and seeing ourselves as complete. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a word that we talk about all the time, the word shalom. Uh, that word means peace. It means to have nothing missing and to have nothing broken. We have peace in Christ. We are complete in him. There is nothing missing. There is nothing broken. Uh, we don't have uh, issues of, we don't have identity issues when we find our identity in Christ. Amen. And so what we've been talking about is how do we get this, this word out so that people can, can, can stop living a life um, that is beneath what God has called them to. Not to say people are living what they call quote unquote bad lives, but anything beneath what God has called us to is bad. It's right? an inferior it's reality. It's an inferior reality. And he has created a better reality. So I think part of the, the, the key here is the Bible tells us faith comes how? By hearing. Yep. And what? Faith comes by hearing and, and hearing and hearing. <laughs> and so I really want to encourage you guys. We don't know how long we're going to stick with the resurrected life, but that you would stick with it. Yeah. Because if you think about it, most of us grew up in churches mm. where we heard the prayer, the invitation that we could come to Jesus over and over again. Yeah. And faith came. Yep. We went to churches where we heard we could be filled with the Holy Spirit over and over again. Yep. And faith came. We heard that we could be healed yep. over and over, over, again. And over again. So this thing, this, this thing of being I'm complete in Christ, what we have to do is that we have to allow that truth to reshape our identity. Mm -hmm. For so long, we, we've heard so many things. We've heard that we were sinners saved by grace. We've heard that we were filthy rags. We've heard that we had all of these issues. And in truth, our soul, every one of yeah. us, our soul is more acquainted mm -hmm. with what's wrong with us yeah. than what Jesus has made right with us. Right. Because, because our soul, if not connected to that regenerated spirit, man, still represents the falling part of us. Yes. And, and and because we live in a society that's so full of pointing out all of our shortcomings, taking advantage of all of our insecurities, our soul, which is our mind, will, emotions, imagination, and intellect, wraps hold to that. And then if we're not careful, we will identify more with that than even the resurrected life that Christ has made available. And then this is what's so crazy, right? So then literally somebody will feel like they're struggling with rejection, yeah. right? And the Lord will be saying, you are accepted. Yeah. But that rejection will be so big in your soul that you will literally, and I say it this way because I always, I say it to inner circle this way because I want people to grab it. You will literally love God and call him a liar. Yeah. You will say, no, I am not complete. Yeah. I am rejected. Yeah. No, I am not. I am tormented, all of this. And so what we're saying to you is that as we keep teaching this, even as the language becomes familiar to you, don't allow your familiarity to make you miss the meat of it. The goal of this series, the goal of this scripture, the goal of what Paul was trying to do was to get people to stop identifying with their old nature and understand what Jesus had done which is he set us free yes. to be complete. And I love something else you said. You said, this is not about material stuff no, because the material right. stuff is the low-hanging low fruit. fruit. 
have, you know, I, we say this all the time at home. There are people who have a lot of money who don't know God yeah. from the man in the moon, as yeah. the old folks say, right? Yeah. Money, houses, those things are beautiful. God will give them to yeah. you, beautiful experiences. But what good is it to really have that if you still, you show up on a beautiful beach and you still feel rejected? Yeah. You still feel like you can't overcome sin. Listen, Jesus defeated sin. Yeah. And, and I think this hasn't been preached enough because Jesus defeated sin. I don't have to live in sin. We have to we have to train our souls to be so connected to our spirit, because if we don't, your your, your soul, the way I describe it is your soul is like an empty container. You know, if you have a gallon container, you can put gasoline in it. You can put milk in it. You can put water in it. You can put alcohol in it. You can put whatever you want That's in an good. empty container. And so what we have to do is learn to connect our soul to our spirit so it gets full of what Christ is, not what the world is. Absolutely. And, and, that's, and that's why we have to have that connection. And if you think about it, that is really what the Apostle Paul was trying to say when he was writing to the church at Thessalonica. He was really saying to them, listen, I need you to know who you are in Christ. Don't let all these other people come in here and try to tell you something different after I'm gone. I need you guys to know who you are in Christ, and I need you to encourage each other in that. And so let's take a look at this as we get started this morning. Okay. First Thessalonians, we want to go to First Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, I believe it is, verse 9 through 11. He says, for God has not uh, destined us for wrath. Well, pray, somebody will give God some praise. Praise for that. God. So he, he was trying God. to get them to understand. Our destiny is, is not that, the wrath that, of God. If, if Come that on. is not God's destiny for his children. Yes. So that whole idea is that God is out to get me needs to be debunked because it says in his word, Paul was saying to the church, listen, God has not destined you for wrath. It says, but he's destined you to obtain what? Salvation. Deliverance. Come on. Deliverance. Deli through who? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. So to me, that's a powerful statement to help reposition my soul toward my spirit. Because if I'm regenerated and the Bible says I have been created new, then if I connect my soul with my spirit, then all my soul can get put into is new stuff. And you know this, if you take a, 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 uh, a container and you have that container, let's just say it's half full of water, right? And you get enough grape juice, you can pour enough grape juice into that water that over time that grape juice begins to mix with the water, but then it begins to lift that water all out of that container. And if you keep pouring long enough, guess what the only thing you'll have in that container? The grape, grape juice. juice. Yes. We got to let Holy Spirit pour into us. Somebody type in the comment section, say, Holy Spirit, I give you permission to pour into me. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to pour into me. Let's look at this scripture again. Put that back up real quick. He says this. He says, verse 10, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live in him. I love that. And then the last verse of that verse 11, it says this. It says, therefore, do what? Encourage one another. Encourage one another. And build one another up. So if you what? see me struggling with my identity, remind me of who I am in Christ. Build one another up is not like, oh, girl, you so pretty right, today. Right, right. Oh, oh, boy, you look nice. Yeah. Build people up. Is you a say, boss. Right. It's to say, I need you to remember that Christ made you complete. Mm -hmm. You may feel incomplete right now, mm -hmm. but that is not the truth. Mm -hmm. The truth is that God made you complete. Can we go back to the first part of that verse though? Um, it says, for God has not destined us to wrath. He has not. Even that's part of the scripture right there, right? 
we could you could you could sit with that forever because all over the world people who have accepted Jesus still thinks God is mad yeah, at them yeah. still think that they get sick because Come God on. is mad at them tell the people to type in the comment section God ain't mad at me no more God ain't mad no and, and do God it in, do it in bad English God, God ain't mad no more no more God ain't mad no more he's right he's not right and so this is so important because if I don't get this foundation right, understand this. If I don't get, I, I said this the other night, this girl was talking about how God put her on her sick bed to get her attention. No, and I said, no. no, I said, no, the abuse of your body puts you on your right, sick bed. Right. I said, and it's so important that you work through this because here's the difference. If I think that God gives people sickness, how do I know when to call on Jeho Jehovah Rapha mm -hmm, to heal me? Mm -hmm. Because if if he gave it to me, then why am I asking him to remove it? Why am I asking it's a him to remove question. it? Right. If it, that's your thought process, if you say, well, God put this sickness on me, then how dare you ask him to remove it if you think he knows best? If right. he knows best and he put it on you, then why? how dare you ask him to remove it? And isn't that in complete contradiction Absolutely. of himself? Because well before Christ comes, he reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha. So God is not out here. It, it, I think a lot of people act like God has, what's it called? Munchhouse proxy. Munchhouse by proxy. Munchhouse by proxy. That God is out here like making you sick. So that he can be seen as a great redeemer by raising you up <laughs> off of your God does not what have kind mental of sick, illness. Psychotic individual would you think would do that? And if you <laughs> if you've ever seen an episode like that on Law and Order, because yeah, that's where yeah, I got yeah, it from, yeah. right? You like this mama is nuts. This daddy is nuts. God is not nuts. God is not schizophrenic. But what God is so good at doing is taking what should have destroyed you and making a testimony out of it that if you're not careful and you don't have the right foundation that he's not mad at you, you will think he gave it to you to get the testimony. And that is not who God is. Which is a perfect segue into Colossians 1, 21, yeah, come 23. On. Come on. Colossians 1, 21 through 23. We're going to read this out of the mirror translation. I've been reading this over and over and over Me again. Y'all share this broadcast. Make sure that you are sharing this. Make sure if you don't see all the champions on here, you need to add the champions to this this morning. This teaching is literally going to it's it's resetting our yeah. fundamental belief yeah. and making sure we're all on one page, yeah. right? And listen, I know that the world is opening back up and stuff, but let me tell you, whether the world is open or closed, what you need to know is that you are complete mm -hmm. in Christ. Yep. And here's what I'll tell you is that if you know you're complete in Christ, things in the world will not shake you. Yeah. They will not shake. David said, he said, when he got to know God, he said, I won't be, first he said, I won't be moved. Then he said, I won't be greatly moved. Why? Because he did continue to know who God was, the less he was shaken yep. by what was happening in the world. All right, let's get into Colossians because it's good. It is, it's really good because we were just reading in, in 1 Thessalonians where it says that God has not destined us to wrath. And we started talking, you, you were talking about that whole idea of our mindset and what we think, right? Mm -hmm. When you look at Colossians 1, 21 through 23 in the mirror translation, and the first thing he says is this, which I've been just reading over and over again. He says, your indifferent mindset has alienated you from God into a lifestyle of annoyances, hardships, and labors. Pause. Think about that. It says God has not destined you to wrath. God has not destined you to wrath, but He's but, but everything he's done for you has been through his Lord Jesus Christ to give you a better life. He says, but the problem is not that God did it, 
It's that even when you know it, your indifferent mindset is what's plaguing you. It's he says you. It's causing you to be set apart from God, God's way of thinking and God's way of doing things, set apart from the kingdom of God, and it puts you into this lifestyle of what? Annoyances. Why? Because I know God wants better for me, but I'm not seeing it. Annoyances because I know God wants the marriage to be better, but I'm not taking God seriously at his word. Annoyances, hardships, and what? Labors. Labors. God wants to make things easy for us. Doesn't mean we don't have to work. Don't mean we don't have to strategize. Don't mean we have to put action. But we should not be toiling at the things that God that, that we say God's called us to do. He said, but your indifferent mindset has done that. He says, yes, he has now fully reconciled, reconciled and restored. So he brought me back and then put me in a position as though I had never left. He says, you to your original design. So it's like it's what God has done for me is like what Adam did never existed. This is so beautiful because if y'all, everybody say, say law, say, I want you to put he's this really in the comments. He's trying to wipe sin away from our consciousness. He is. I want you to put this in the comments. Say, I'm anointed to receive this word. I'm anointed to receive this word. I'm anointed this to word. receive this word. This is why in everything Paul writes, he comes back to the mind. Yep. Right? It, it, in, in 2 Corinthians, he tells us to cast down imagination. It's an imagination that you aren't complete. Yep. In Romans, he tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so we can prove what is this, what does he want us to prove? Now, lay this on top of each other. We use Romans 12 and 2 all the time mm -hmm. in this church. It says, um, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. What does he want you to prove? That you are now fully reconciled and restored to your original design. Mm -hmm. He doesn't, it, the proving is not how much money you can make. The proving is not how big a house you can live in. The proving is that he wants you to prove that you are fully reconciled and restored to your original design. So then now you build the business from that place. Yes. Now you're married from that place. Now you be, live in the house from that place. Now you're not living in the house. Now you're not accumulating wealth in order to get over the shame you felt for being right, poor growing right, up. Right. You're doing it from the truth that you are reconciled and restored to your original design. So what happens is you stop trying to be you stop trying to use things to measure your success and your value and relationships and promotions and your identity becomes strictly from God, which is why Paul was able to say, I am able to be content whether I abased or whether mm -hmm. I abound because the measure of my value is not in the stuff. Thank God for the stuff. It's not in the stuff. It's that I have been fully reconciled and restored to my original design. And I believe if we get that, we will see the church do so many miracles, so much transformation. People will come out of sin. They have been struggling with for decades because they will stop struggling with sin and recognize that they are complete. And it has to be more than just you hearing it on Sunday. Yes. It has to be more than just you hearing it on Wednesday. It has to be more than just you hearing it on, 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 on prayer. You need to saturate yourself. Yes. With it. It's why he says in that same uh, area we was reading, verse 23. Verse 23, what does he say? He says, remain under the influence. Remain under, remain so under the influence. So if I'm so if if you go out and you drink on, on Saturday night, right? On Friday night, and you drink on Saturday night, 
Okay. But but then you know you gotta go to work on Monday so you don't drink on 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 Sunday or you cut it off at noon so you can be sober on Monday morning, right? When you go to work, you're no longer under the influence anymore. So the same thing is true. If I come to church on Sunday and get the word, but then I don't do anything the rest of the week until the next Sunday, I'm no longer under the influence. If I haven't thought about God, I haven't prayed, I haven't done the things we, I, I haven't made a commitment to come to church. I hadn't made a commitment to read my word. I hadn't made a commitment uh, to pray in tongues. I hadn't made a, a commitment uh, to uh, take communion. If, uh, if I haven't done those things, then I'm not staying under the influence. We don't ask people to come to church because we're trying to control them. What we're saying is everybody wants your attention. God wants your attention. The world wants your attention. Whoever you give the most of your attention to, that's where your affinity is going to go toward. And wherever your affinity lies, that's where your actions will be derived. Well, and I love what you're saying right here, right? Because people got to learn to live drunk, really. They do. Drunk with the reality. That's why the Bible says he's give us new wine. You got to learn to live on this. And I think about this, that um, if you remember a couple of years ago, I um, injured my hip. And when I injured my hip, my hip came out of placement. If you think about it, the injury of my hip is what CN did. It pulled us out of place, right? Well, I had a physical therapist who would come to the house and she would reset my hip. And then my hip would feel really good for two days and then it would pop back out. Right. And then she would have to reset it again. Well, what happened is, is that as she was resetting it, she was also teaching me how to reset it. So it got to the point that I was able to maintain what was happening. So what I hear you saying is that if I only come to church on Sunday, if I don't pull this scripture up, if I don't meditate on the fact that I'm completing Christ, if I don't meditate on the fact that I'm free, then what's going to end up happening is that I get it on Sunday. I'm excited about it. I go to work on Monday and deal with difficult people. I forget it. By Wednesday, I'm depleted. Ralph's going to fill me up on Wednesday. But by Sunday, I'm depleted if I again. Attend. If I attend. And mo and we but here's the question, though. Let's just make this real simple and plain. Let's not even be deep. How does a drunk stay drunk? Keep drinking. That's it. How does a drunk stay drunk? You keep drinking. If the drunk don't drink, he ain't drunk. So how are you going to remain under the influence of the Holy Spirit if you're not spending time partaking of Holy Spirit? Now that's it. Okay, that's it. Yeah, you we ain't got to be deep. Right? Keep drinking. Keep drinking. And when we talk about reading the word, because I think people may not realize this, right? When we're talking about this, like when we looking at Colossians 2.10, right? We're not necessarily saying that we're reading 30 chapters in the Bible a week. No. It may literally just I've be. Been, all week one. I've been stuck on your indifferent mindset because I'm like, okay, God, help me not to have an indifferent mindset toward the things you're talking to me about. Come because on. Because I do not want to be alienated from you. That's as far as I got this week. Every day, that's 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 I was just saturating on that piece right there. That's what I was focused on this week. Lord, help me not to have an indifferent mindset. If you tell me to pray, help me not to think I can wait till later on to pray. But I'm quick to do what you tell me to do when you do it because I don't want to be alienated from you. Because I don't want I don't want to be I don't want to be on my way to heaven and then alienated in all these yes. areas of my life. I can't hear what to do in my job. I can't hear what to do with my kids. I can't hear what to do with my money. And I'm being tormented in my mind, man. No, I am completing Christ, which really gets me to the scripture that I keep meditating on. Right. It's Colossians 2. Mm -hmm. And I need all 72 of you 
all over the world to put in the comments, I am complete in Christ. Mm -hmm. I am not complete because I have a good credit score. I am not complete because I am your wife. I am not complete because I have a mother, I, because I am a mother. I am not complete because my business makes a lot of money. I am not complete by any of those things. The only thing that can make me complete is Jesus Christ. In Colossians 2.10, in the mirror translation, it says, we are complete in him. And this is where I get stuck, babe. Jesus mirrors our wholeness. Mm -hmm. There is not one of us that would say Jesus was not whole. He was whole. Jesus was unequivocally mm -hmm. whole. He carries wholeness in him. He is wholeness. It says Jesus mirrors our wholeness. So if I keep coming up with the fact that I'm broken and something is lacking, I am looking someplace other than Jesus mm -hmm. for my identity. Mm -hmm. Jesus mirrors our wholeness. And, and he, he endorses. He endorses our true identity. And the thing I love about that is that when you talk about something being endorsed, it's approved. It's a stamp. It's like it's like if you if you've ever worked in a factory. Uh, and I used to when I was younger, I worked in a, at a place called Kimberly Clark. And when I worked at when I worked at Kimberly Clark in Conway, they they had these. Uh, Things they made for women, and you used to have to. You, you know, can say it. Okay, they they. I, mean, they, what, they, what? I worked at the company. They, 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 they made they made sanitary sanitary, sanitary yeah. pads, Okay, right? pads. All right. Pads. <laughs> and so you used to have to inspect every so many one to come off the line to make sure that the tape and everything was on there correctly, right? Well, if it wasn't, you'd have to stop the line because you couldn't let a bad product get out. What happens is we literally look at Jesus, and when we look at Jesus, we see who we really are. And then he says, yes, that's who you really are. He approves it and then sends us out. And so not only are we, are we, it says Jesus mirrors our wholeness. The fact of the matter is we only know we're whole by looking at him. So we look at him, we see him, the mirror of him reflects who we are. And we go, oh, wait a minute. If he's whole, then guess what? I'm whole. And the more I see myself as whole, mm -hmm. the more I do whole stuff. Mm, come on. Okay. Mm. So this is not Jesus sees me as whole. I'm whole. So I go live how I want to live. It's real. No, That's why we don't is, say we filthy rags and stuff like that. It's that I look at Jesus. I see Jesus whole. I see Jesus endorses my identity. I sit there long enough. You become who you behold. Yep. You become what you look at. And this is one of our favorite examples in our family. Nigel Valley, who is a part of our family, hangs out with us all the time. Pre-pandemic, we were always together. And our kids, our boys had not gone to college then, right? Mm -hmm. And Nigel has this saying that he would say. What's the saying, this babe? all man. He says, all man. Anybody who's in, been with Nigel any length of time knows that something's going to happen. And he goes say, all man. What began to happen? Our kids would be in the house and something would happen and one of them would say, oh, man. Oh, man. Why? Because whoever you're around is going to set the course for what you're saying, what you're thinking, and what you're believing, right? So if I am not allowing the fact that I am complete to be the thing that's in my mirror, what's happening is I'm a born-again believer. God is saying to me that I am redeemed, I'm restored, I'm free, and I keep going and looking at brokenness everywhere. What was wrong with my mama? What's wrong with my credit? What's wrong because I'm I'm so-and-so age and still not married or my marriage not working? And I keep 
fighting against the image mm-hmm. in the mirror. Yes. Okay. And so I begin to elevate the more I look at Jesus. I elevate and stuff. And I think what happens is the more you look at Jesus and, and you see him not as some unobtainable standard, but as the mirror yeah. for your true identity, you stop struggling not to sin and things just start falling off of you because you don't identify yourself as that anymore. You know, I, I always think back to when I learned that part of the Secret Service's job wasn't just protecting the president. A large part of the Secret Service job is to root out counterfeit. Uh, because if you allow counterfeit dollars into your economy, it can ruin your economy. And they say that when they train those Secret Service officers, they don't train them to look for fake dollar bills. That's not what they train them on. What they train them on is to study the real thing so intensely and so intimately that they know the real thing so well that if something shows up and is not like the real, it is glaringly fake. It is glare. No, they, they have these things that China produces called super notes. And they actually test the FBI agents on super notes on how quickly they can identify the error in the super notes because they are training every single day. Think about that. Every day, their job is to train to see the real. What if our job was, was to, to train, train to, to see, see the, the real? <laughs> and, and if you think about it, that would be the greatest form of deliverance ministry Absolutely. we need. I say this all the time. You know, I'm an intercessor. I, I train intercessors. And one of the things that I see in the body of Christ is that we have been so proficient in learning all the names of the devil. We've been we know all the realms and all of that stuff, but we're not looking at the real. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening is that very well-meaning people can see the devil everywhere, but can't see God anywhere. Mm. Why can you see the devil everywhere? That's what you're studying. Why can you see rejection everywhere? That's what you're studying. Why can you see lack everywhere? That's what you're studying. How can how can you see what's wrong with your marriage? That's what you're studying. And I'll use our marriage as a, mm. an, an example of this. Years I ago, like that. years I ago, to see the real. I trained to see the Y'all real. Y'all type that in the comments. I trained to see the real. I trained to see the real. Years ago, when our marriage was in a bad state, mm. God gave me an instruction that conform, confirms what you mm -hmm. see. Right? He said every single day when you first wake up, I want you to list the things you love about it. Mm. Right. Didn't take long at first. Did it, it didn't take long at first. It didn't take long. I, I had I had two. I had two. You were a good provider and you were funny. Yeah. And sometimes the fact you was funny got on my nerves. Okay. So that was it. Right. But as I did it, it's the thing that I saw about you. Mm -hmm. And the list got longer. And then I saw it in you. Now, here's what would happen. Because I started my day saying. Elwin only wants what's best for me. Mm. That even when you were giving me pushback and even when you were, you know, because you can be very anal and very detailed, mm. but it wasn't because you wanted me to fail. It was because you wanted me to win. Then what would happen is that when the daytime would come and there would actually be something that happened, it would change how I saw mm. you. So instead of seeing you as an enemy, instead of seeing you as being whatever I saw, I began to see you 
in the real way. Mm -hmm. All these years later, it is still one of the first things I do when mm -hmm. I wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. I still automatically go, oh my God, I'm so thankful that Ellen takes such good care of our family. I'm so thankful that Ellen is so sweet. And I noticed this. I started to say, really joking, I started to say about a year ago that you were super sweet. Mm -hmm. I was really playing when I said it, probably because I wanted you to do something that you wouldn't do for probably. me, right? But I started saying you were sweet. And I noticed that every day you look sweeter to me because I'm looking at the real right. as opposed to the other things. So what would happen as a born again believer? See, I've been sweet. You just look at, you would just, your perception was flawed. No, when you start looking at the real me then you start seeing how really sweet I am. No, is, this that, is, is that what you're saying? That is what I'm saying. Okay. And in fact, I'm not going to even fight you on it today <laughs> because the truth of it is, is that Chris and Jordan would say, would say that you, they would always say that you were sweet. Mm. They would, all, because that that's their perception of you. Jordan's like, oh my God, dad is so sweet. That's her perception of you. So if I look at the image of Christ I like that. and I allow myself to mm -hmm. see Christ is whole, Sean is whole. Mm -hmm. Christ is free, Sean is free. Christ doesn't struggle with sin, Sean right. doesn't struggle with sin. Right. If I do that long enough during the day, I am going to be able to get up. And when those things come, I'm going to say, nope, that's not the real me. Right. And he is a sweetie, Ralph. That's so <laughs> shady, And he is a sweetie. And he is a sweetie, right? And so we don't want to miss what God is doing in our life because this is such a new level of free. How many of you can see how this would just be such a different level of freedom? Yes. This is such a level of freedom that hear what I'm saying. The level of freedom this is, is that if you went in a space mm -hmm. and their intent was to oh, reject come you. On. No, no, no. You would. They meant to reject you. They meant to exclude you. They, they meant not to, to, to give you the opportunity. How would you like it for your identity to be so set in him that you were unbothered and unfazed about their desire to exclude you because all that could come out of your mind is that they could not be the people that God had for you because the people that God had for you would see you like he did and they would, you can you see yourself never ever being in a setting again saying, why did they treat me like that? Because you so unbothered because you are so secure in who Christ made you. It's kind of what, he didn't say it like that, but it's what he was alluding to in Jeremiah 17 when he says, a man who puts his trust in God won't even see when evil comes his way. Yes. He says, listen, you can be so focused on who you, and he didn't say it like this, but you can be so focused on who you are in Christ that when someone comes to try, even if their intention is to make you feel rejected, you'll miss the rejection because you're so focused on being complete. You're so focused on being loved. You're like, oh, were they trying to reject me? I, I didn't even see that. I missed that. Who? Who's trying to do that? Oh, Poteen Tink, they missed that on that. I did not feel rejected. Hey, and, and, and you think about this. Last year when we were walking, we were having this conversation, right? And I don't know why the conversation came up. And I was saying something and you said, you whatever it was we were talking about, and you was like, just be something like, be clear. It's not like everybody like you. No, what, I, no, what, what happened? What's the context? So we of? were having this context. I don't know what it was all about. You but I was, I was, no, I was trying to say that everybody has somebody who doesn't, who doesn't like them and that you can't be concerned with that. And he was like, wait, huh? 
Who he was like, like who don't like me? And I said, well, contrary to Bobby believe, everybody don't like your tail. <laughs> no, that's what you said. And, and like, listen, this is the truth. This is the truth. I said to him, I said, I'm not saying that people don't like me. Right. I'm saying they are so far out of the sphere of my life that even if I'm in the room with them and they are shooting don't like you daggers to me, I'm oblivious to it because my identity comes from right, Christ. Right, right. My identity comes from Christ. I don't need you to like me right. to live my best <laughs> right. life. I don't right. need you to, right. I don't need you. And and I think, and if you think about it, God. And it's not from an arrogant it's place. It's not. It's, it's not, not from a, oh, I don't need anybody. It's the, it's yo, not. I am so focused on who Christ has said that I am. That anybody who says something different than that, it sounds like they're speaking a foreign language. It me. does. It does. No, I'm saying that's that's no. that's what we have to be like. Like I don't understand what you're saying. I don't understand the words that are coming out of your I don't mouth. Understand. I don't understand the actions that you are doing toward me. I'm so complete. I don't understand what you're doing. It doesn't register because my focus is not on who I am. I'm not self-made. My focus is me being in Christ. As Jesus is in this world, so am I. That's what my focus is on. Now, and if you look at the gospel, that's exactly what Jesus that's did. exactly what he did. So Jesus comes. He's Mary's baby, a baby that was conceived out of wedlock. His father is a carpenter. He shows up on the scene. He's like, I'm the son of man, the right? Son the Pharisees are like, no, you not. <laughs> Jesus never turns around and says to them, why don't you see the destiny of my life? Why don't you see in how fact, he says to see. No, he said, you'll see. You'll see. Hold on. You'll see. Why? Because he's not getting his identity from the accolades in the synagogue. They were enraged when he told them that he would tear down his temple in three days, build it up again. They were enraged. They didn't even see how anybody could build a temple in three days because they were so naturally thinking. Their mindset was so indifferent to the things of God. They thought he was talking about tearing down the actual temple that had taken years to build. And how are you going to tear it down and build it up in three days? And Jesus' identity is so secure in the Father that he asked his disciples, he says, who do y'all say I am? Mm -hmm. Why? He's making a point. I'm going to be to Notice you. Notice he didn't say, who am I? No. He, he said, said, who do who you, you say, say I, I am? am? Right? And then because he understands that if they only see him as a healer, that's all they can get from him. If they only see him as somebody who multiplies fish and loaves, that's all that he can get. They if can you get just from him. see Jesus as a historical figure, he'll never save your life. Come on. If you just see him as a prophet and a teacher, as a wise man, that's all he'll ever be to you. If you just see him as a ticket to heaven. You'll live in hell till you get there, My right? But Jesus says, who do you say I am? And then Peter, who I love Peter because Peter was always had that unction. <laughs> Peter, Peter. But I love Peter because Peter wasn't afraid to be wrong. Right, he would right. be like, I'll try it. I'll right. say it, whatever. And Peter says, you are the Christ. And then Jesus turns around and goes, oh, flesh and blood didn't reveal yeah. that to he you. He said, you didn't get that out of your mind. You didn't get that out of your mind. Because I hadn't revealed that to you yet. And how you? Because when he said you are the Christ, you got to understand what he was saying. He was saying you are the anointed one who carries the anointing with him. That's what he was saying when he says you are the Christ. You are the Christ. And he says, yo, hold up now. You didn't get that from this earth realm. This, this, this revelation you had, flesh and blood did not reveal this. Flesh to you. and blood did not reveal this to you, right? So it's like, who do he said, I'm your completeness? Mm -hmm. He has said, I am bigger than your daddy not being there. I am bigger than you not being the favorite child. I am bigger than the fact who that you. Who do you who do, say? But he who is? do you say he is? 
Who do you, which is why it bugs me sometimes when believers will be like when they're in a crisis, I need something beside the word. Only the word is going to get you back to center. Only the word is going to remind you of who you really are. There are all these other things that can teach you to manage what's Mm -hmm. happening to you. Only Jesus Christ and the reality of him being your identity is going to cause you to rise above that. Come on, y'all ought to give the Lord some praise right there. Man, this is so good that God is like, listen here, you're out here living any kind of way. And I'm not talking seeing any kind of way. I'm talking, but I do want you to see sin in this way. Sin is to miss the mark. Mm -hmm. So when I don't see myself the way God sees me, I'm going to miss the mark, even if I don't do the big sin. What do you mean, Pastor John, you're going to miss the mark? He's going to tell you to apply for the job. You're not going to because you don't think you're qualified. Mm. He's going to tell you it's the season for you to build a new house and you're not going to even look for land because of what they said about the market. He's going to tell you to make the investment, but you're going to think it's a scam. Right, (laughs) because when he is not the source of your identity, then you are looking to all of these places. And let me tell y'all something. This is the truth. The world is too fickle. For you to get your identity from the oh, world, man. The, the, the world, world is too. The world will switch it up on you so fast, so fast, so fast. They'll love. Listen, they will love you today and hate you tomorrow. Cancel you on Wednesday and then be trying to reinstate you on Friday. The world is fickle. And even good people, listen. Some days you are so sweet to me. Mm. And some days you are so busy with work that you don't even know I walked in the room. I cannot let you be my value system. I cannot let you be. And then some days you are petty to me. Like when you told me I look like a star spangled gold. (laughs) Oh, don't talk about that right now. Right. Okay. Like I'm saying to you, no matter how great, yes, Chris, he did. He told me I look like a star. Hey, come on, let's stick to the the notes. When y'all hear these stories, don't they help y'all? Don't these stories help y'all? Do not tell this story on camera. I'm going to tell this story on camera. Oh my goodness. Oh, you I listen, we are complete in Christ. No, I saved this story for Sunday. I say we were co-buried with him. I say we were co-risen with him. And listen, listen, I'm gonna tell this story. Okay, y'all, listen. So we went to all white party last night. Many of y'all saw that. I bought several outfits because you know when you several. Mind your business. (laughs) I bought several outfits because you know when you're trying to buy white, you don't know what it's gonna be like, right? The stories help them, babe. So anyway, that's not going to help you. No, it is going to help them because I'm trying to say your identity cannot be in other people. Okay, all right. That's the point. Your identity cannot be in other people. All right. So y'all, I tried on the first one. He went, "Ooh, that's really nice." I tried on the second one. He said, "Ooh, that's really nice." Right. So I tried on a couple. He was like, "Mm, "I don't like it for this, whatever." Right. Okay. So the the fourth one I tried on, it was an it was iridescent. Ladies will know what that means. It was white. If the sequence went down. But it had color, a little flicker of color if the if it went up, right? So when I came in, and, and, and to be clear, those sequences were shaped and they looked like little scales. They look like little scales, like, like you would see on a, on, a, on a fish. Not like a fish, because anybody who knows sequence knows it don't look like it's on a fish, right? So I came in and he said, "Ooh." Girl, don't wear that. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you make <laughs> okay. Go ahead. No. He said, "It caught me off guard." <laughs> he said, "Ooh, girl, don't wear that." I said, "What's wrong with it?" He said, "Girl, you look like a star-spangled goldfish." 
I said, what? What is a star-spangled goldfish? And this is what this man who deeply loves me told me. He said, first of all, it's still kind of winter and you don't have your summer color. So you're the color of a goldfish. <laughs> he says, and this outfit looks like scales. He was like, so unless you want to look like Finding Dory, don't wear that. <laughs> That's what he said to me, y'all. That's what he told me. He said, because you look like a star spangled. The other two were so nice. I just didn't understand why you went and put that one on. I was like, that ain't it. And all I'm saying to you, all I'm saying to you mm. is that, first of all, star spangled. Like, right. He said, I didn't have summer color yet, y'all. And I'm saying to you, people like y'all like skins. Y'all know what I'm talking about when I say summer color. <laughs> y'all don't spend all winter in the house. <laughs> and listen, here's the thing, Jamie. It's funny to me too, and let me tell you why it's funny to me. And and this is real talk. And you know I'm I'm telling you, not one ounce of my self esteem is tied up in you. Right. It's not. And here is the truth. Had I really liked it. Because there have been times, yeah, yeah, there have been times that you didn't like an outfit, and I'm like, man, I'm killing in this yeah. thing. I'm about to wear it, right? And, and and I use a funny story because people remember the story. They may not remember the scripture, but they're gonna remember the story. He is my husband. I know that he loves me. I know that he will do anything for me. I also know he is not always going to like my fashion right, choices. Right. He is not always going to like my decisions, but I don't get my value from him. Right. Do I want you to like my sure, outfit? I sure. do want you to like right, my outfit. Right, I right. do. But not like but not liking your outfit should not equate to who you now think you are. And right, right. Right. And now I'm like, uh, do you think I'm pretty? Right, do you think right, I no, because right. I already know the answer to those things. Right. I am see CJ say they remember all our stories. <laughs> don't y'all remember all our stories? You probably remember all of our stories because most of them are so incredibly ridiculous. But this is our <laughs> real life, right? So what I'm saying to you guys is this is that when your identity becomes in Christ, even when somebody you love, because let me be honest, because you didn't know this, that was my favorite outfit. Mm. That was the one I wanted to wear. Mm. It was my favorite one. Mm. And and you and 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 you just talked about it. <laughs> you talked about it. There is a place that I believe that you could wear that and where? you rock it. Where? You, I, I got to take you on vacation, get you some color. And then we could go like to like a, a, a nice little you know Where? darker facility at night with the, the music and the lights and strobing and stuff, you know, kind of you know, a little little get together. A place we never go to, right? <laughs> a place we never go to, right? <laughs> but my point to you is this is that things like that can happen. And this is real talk, because here's where I want to transition mm -hmm. and we go back to Colossians too, okay. is that things like that can happen. And for people who don't get their identity in Christ. You can have an outfit that you thought was really cute, a hairstyle that you thought was really mm -hmm. cute, an accomplishment you thought was really cute. And if enough people don't acknowledge it, mm -hmm. then you're second guessing your own value. Right. And that is the indication that your value is not coming for Christ. Yes. That's, That's right. the point That's I'm right. making here, that it could be somebody who absolutely loves you and doesn't mean you any harm at all. It could be someone who is intentionally trying to injure yeah. you. But in either way, if your identity comes from anybody but Christ, because if I had low self-esteem and if I had some kind of rejection issue right. I was holding on to, right. then now you not liking my outfit 
outfit becomes a source of contention because I feel like you don't like me. And that may seem crazy, but I know a lot of people who live that way. They're like, why don't people like my posts? Why, y'all, I see y'all, I see y'all going through it. Why y'all don't like my stuff? What's the word they use? Lurking. I see you lurking. That's what the, Etoy said, right, right there. Right, uh-huh. like, like being on Facebook, looking, you're right, you're looking for the likes because you don't feel good enough about mm. yourself, so you're always looking for someone externally to hype you up. Uh-huh. But if your identity comes from Jesus, then if you, it, as long as it ain't sin and unrighteousness, right. If you like it, you don't care if other people like it or not because you don't need them to like it for you to feel good about you. That's exactly right. That's all I was trying to say. That's good. And plus, I had decided when you said that to me, I was like, I'm going to work this. I forgot about this. I said, baby, you best believe I'm going to work this into Sunday message because ain't no way in the world you're going to tell me that. And I'm not going to tell these people what you said. But So come on, let's we we can go ahead and wrap on up. (laughs) So literally, the the whole point of today's teaching, we just wanted to be, we wanted to sit here and come. Colossians 2, because this idea that we are completing him is just so paramount. It's paramount to everything else, to to how we move, to how we operate, to how we think. You know, we talked about that indifferent mindset. Well, I know that I'm completing Christ. I don't want to have a mindset that's indifferent to him. I don't. I, I want to live out that scripture that says, let this mind be in you. that was also in Christ Jesus. I want the mind of Christ in me. You know, uh, as, as you're looking at this, we didn't get to verse 11, but in verse 11 in Colossians 2, uh, it says, you were in, in Christ, Christ when he died, which means that his death is your true circumcision. This is not hypothetical. This is the real deal. He says, the sin's authority in the human body was stripped of its control over you. So watch this. If indeed sin's authority in my human body has been stripped of its control over me, the only way that sin gets control over me again is that I subjugate myself to it. I have to bow down to sin. I have to, because it has no power. And when something has no, it's like, and I use use an example like this. Slavery is illegal in the United States. The only way you get me to be a slave again is that I subjugate myself and become one. There's no, slavery, I can't be one again. And so sin doesn't have power over those of us who have been born again. The only way sin has power over us is if we yield to it. Okay, so here's what I hear you saying. I think this is a good question for the people, right? Jesus has stripped the power of sin over you. Mm-hmm. Have you come out of agreement with sin's power over you? That's it. That's the question. Jesus has stripped it. It only has the power yeah. that you give it through agreement. Yeah. Have you come out of agreement with fornication, pornography, cussing people out, needing alcohol, disobedience, disobedience, rebellion? Have you come out of agreement with it? And I submit to you, if you haven't come out of agreement with it, it is not because you love it. It is because you do not know who you really are. And that and that's the point of ma'ams and sirs is the point of today. Ma'ams and sirs. That's the point of today. I closed my tablet. Listen. That's so the point. We There's so much. We're not going to rush through this. Nope. But I want to go to how to live the resurrected life because I want to go to these points. And we may come back to them several weeks at a time. Because I want you I want you to be like, I, I and this is what I think sometimes we do as people who know how to make faith confessions and stuff like mm-hmm. that, is that we will say, I agree with God, mm-hmm. right? And then when life happens through the day, we will agree with sin. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? I, 
it's not enough for us to just say I Because I'm not drunk. Wait, I'm not wait, under the influence. Because I'm not drunk. Come on back to I'm that. Not, I'm, not drunk. I'm not drunk. I'm not under the influence of seeing myself the way God sees me. Ah, I'm not under the influence. But if I was drunk all the time, if, if I, I kept if I, if I kept drinking all the time, no matter what happened to me in the world, I would still see things as though I was drunk in Christ. <laughs> no, that's such a good illustration. We had to teach a whole series about getting drunk, <laughs> getting turned for the Lord. Right? People, like people won't even know what it means, right? But it says, okay, so what are we gonna do? How to live the resurrected life? I have to see myself mm -hmm. every day, every moment of the day. See yourself co-raised with Christ. Ponder with the persuasion the consequences of your co-inclusion with him. What does that mean? You should be asking God questions like this. What does it really mean to be co-raised? Mm -hmm. If I'm really co-raised, mm -hmm. how do I live raised above the things that have been controlling mm -hmm. me? That's the, and I got to meditate on it. I got to meditate yep. on, I got to meditate on having the right response in every situation. I have to meditate. I have to decide right now that I care more about walking in my true identity than I do satisfying my flesh. I love what Leslie said, S-U-I, stay under the stay influence. Under the influence. No, stay under the influence. Stay, stay under. under the influence, right? Um, and so I got to see myself. I have to begin to visualize that. The, what happens so many times is that we begin to believe what we're struggling with is bigger than us. Yeah, yeah. And so the only choice we have is to succumb to it. That's not true. And it actually is bigger than you if you see it bigger than you. Yeah, yes. Your perception does become your reality. Doesn't become truth. Just becomes your Just reality. Just becomes your reality. Just becomes your. So see, so practice seeing yourself, Right. Number two, yep, you gotta relocate, relocate yourself. I'm relocate. sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 you know, I, I, I just—it's the one I've been focusing on. No, go ahead. Relocate yourself mentally. You gotta relocate yourself. This is what you were saying. It, 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 it can't be. It can't be um, this. This thing that my problems are bigger than me. They are. If you think they are, it's not the truth, but it's your reality. So it says relocate yourself mentally by engaging your thoughts. Engaging. That means I have to. I have to contend a war sometimes against wrong thoughts with throne room realities. With throne room realities. What are throne room realities? Throne room realities are those things that are resonate as true in the kingdom. There's no there's no falsities in the throne room. Everything in the throne room is real. So what do I go? Uh, it's, it's true. So I have to make sure that I am engaging my thought processes. And I mean, I'm warring against those negative thoughts. Why? Because I'm trying to relocate myself mentally. And when you relocate, and that's really what people talk about when they talk about self-care. You know, now we've, we've made self-care, buying ourselves something or going to the spa or, you know, relaxing, not working a day. And those things are, are, ne are necessary. But real self-care is about how you show up mentally in every space. So I have to relocate myself mentally. And the way I do that, right, how do I relocate myself mentally? By getting my soul, my mind, my will, my emotion, my imagination, and my intellect, those things which consist of my soul, tied to my spirit, man. That's so good. That's how I relocated. That's so that's so the second thing that's you so have good. to do. Number three, avoid being distracted by the old you by doing number two. Mm -hmm. Avoid being distracted by the old you by becoming affectionately acquainted with the throne room thoughts. Let me tell you something. One of the reasons most people won't give up anger as a defense mechanism. No, I can tell you why. Why? Because it protects you. 
because you, you think it does because you see it as your protection. Mm -hmm. And so you get distracted by the old you when a situation comes up because you're because you you have not relocated yourself to the truth that love is the greatest weapon. Mm -hmm. And so because you still see anger as the greatest weapon, you feel like a punk when you don't get to be as angry as you want it to be and to go off on somebody, right? That's exactly right? right. That's exactly And that's right. not because you don't love Jesus. That's because you have not seen yourself. Christ was the most powerful figure on the earth. We do not see him practicing anger. And even when he goes in the temple, yeah, he's not that, is, he's, that is a righteous indignation, which is different yeah. than anger. And, and, and I can tell you from experience, anger and the people I've talked to and praise God for my deliverance and other people as well. But most of the time, anger or the, the spirit of anger, the spirit of wrath, it shows up because of a trauma experience. And because you've had a trauma experience and it doesn't have that way for everybody, but a lot of people I've talked to. It shows up at a time typically of, of an emotional trauma issue, not necessarily something physical, but but it really attaches itself. The door gets open to anger through this emotional trauma, because what happens is anger comes in and anger says to you, I'll protect you. Come on. I'll make sure this never happens to you again. If you I, I tell people the story all the time. I was seven years old sitting on the bunk bed. I remember when it walked in the room. Didn't know that's what it was. I just remember it said, I'll be your friend and help you not to feel this way anymore. Well, at seven years old, I didn't want to feel the way I was feeling. So come on. But now you've got this thing at seven that nobody talks to you about. All you know is that you're angry all the time. You used to say it all the time. Even you, you said you used to, even when you weren't angry, you used to look angry. Why? Because the spirit of anger literally sits on you. And when it sits on you, it makes your countenance look different. And why deliverance becomes hard for people is that I have to break up with that truth to take God's truth. Yep. I have to accept by, which is almost number four. I have to accept by faith that, 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 that this thing that Christ has done for me, it really has stripped me of the need to have to have that thing. No, that's it right there. That's it right there. We don't let go of some things to accept our completeness because we see the old thing in the association. We see the thing in our own flesh mm -hmm. as something we need. You could take you you could take it away from anger. I cried like a baby when 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 that when doing that deliverance service when I heard the Holy Spirit say, "Just give me the anger." Because for me, if I give you the anger, what am I going to have? That's good. If I if I give you the thing that I've used from seven years of age to protect me from other people injuring me, from me ever getting sad, from me ever getting disappointed, I say all the time, nobody disappoints me. Why? Because anger taught me to never have a high expectation of anybody, and Come so what? And so whatever it. they did never ever disappointed me. I didn't get disappointed about anything. Why? I had no expectation because anger taught me that if I behave that way, it could protect me. But what it didn't say is what it was robbing me of. It didn't talk about everything it was taking from me because that's what I had invited into my life during that time of emotional wounding. And so then what ends up happening is when God says to you, hey, I want you, Edwin, to give me that anger. Good. I'm at the altar crying, saying, but what do I do if I give it to you? Who's going to protect me? He says, I'm going to protect you. How? Because I didn't see myself as complete. So how are you going to protect me? I know how anger's protected me. If I let this go and you say you're going to protect me and you don't, then what? 
And that's the reality of why people don't let things go. And so I just had to trust God. No, and Erica Walter, she said this same can be true for people pleasing. There's literally not yeah. a thing out of our completeness that yeah. it wouldn't be true for. Why people fornicate? I literally talked to women who were like, I didn't really want to fornicate. I just didn't want him to leave. Mm. I, 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 it, it's so it's this thing. And so how do you learn to trust anyone? Okay. This is now this, the practical, this isn't in the steps. What you had to do was you had to be willing to give up the anger mm -hmm. so he could show you what he would Absolutely. do because you couldn't even see what mm -hmm. he would do when you were already reacting yep. in the anger. Yep. And, and 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 that's the I, to me that's part that's of the hardest right. part about transformation yeah. and we really can end with this right here i play a game called project makeover anybody play that game mm -mm. i know you don't babe but i didn't mean you i meant the people watching oh okay no i know you don't i live with you babe i know you ain't playing so project management is this i mean project makeover it's this game where basically people are getting a makeover it's cartoon little animated characters right but in it, what happens for every single person is that they decide they want to make over, right? And then they have to take off the garments that they have on. Mm. And in the process of taking off the garments, they're standing there in a towel and they all feel naked and vulnerable. Mm. And I'm going to tell you what happens for most of us in transformation. Mm -hmm. When he's stripping the old garment, mm -hmm. there's this space before the new garment is fully on and we know how to wear it. Mm -hmm. And so it feels naked, it feels vulnerable, it feels uncovered, and we do not like to feel that way. Mm -hmm. And we get that from Adam and Eve. Why? Because when they felt naked, they went and yep. hid, yep. and so we go and hide. And so what we have to be willing to do is to say, I am willing to keep walking with you until I'm clothed in the new identity. Oh, that's good. I'm willing to. That's so good. when I first started that's giving good. up, if I if I watch you in this journey, right? You made a decision to give up anger. Mm -hmm. You came out of covenant with anger, yeah. but you had to learn how to wear the new garment. Absolutely. You had to learn how to wear Which is a very vulnerable feeling oh, when yeah. you give up what you have been used to while you're learning to walk in what's new. It's a very vulnerable place. And that's true for some of you. I hear this by the Holy Ghost. If you can get ready to give your offering, listen, because we about to wrap up right here. I hear this by the Holy Ghost. Even some of you who take care of people, you really take care of people because you feel like that if those people are indebted to you, they mm. won't leave you. Mm. So what you're willing to do is you're willing to injure yourself financially. My you're God. willing to injure yourself emotionally. Mm. You're in the, willing to injure yourself in your stress and not taking care of your body properly because you're dealing with rejection and your solution to rejection is to make people dependent on mm -hmm. you. But then it depletes you in another way because when you surround yourself with people who are dependent on you, no one can supply you when you need supply, mm -hmm. right? So he is saying, why don't you come to me and let me show you that you're already complete and you're not rejected. Yeah. And then what happens is even in that situation, people will start to do that and they'll start to shift and those relationships will get mm -hmm, uncomfortable mm -hmm. because if I was only with you because you gave me something, right, then right. now I'm tripping because you didn't right. give me something. Right. right? right. And, and, and so, and then what happens is I have to be willing to keep walking yep. to say, 
I am willing to keep walking and let God bring me healthy relationships mm. instead of these codependent relationships because I don't have to pay people emotionally, financially, or physically to be loved. And where most people miss it is they make the decision to get rid of this and go to this, but in between, it gets difficult and they go back. And they go back. And when you go back, what it does is it, it it creates a pattern in your mind that says you can't get out. So the next time you want to leave this and go to this, it seems more difficult. Mm -hmm. So when you make the decision, that's why when I when I made this decision, because I understood when I, when I completely understood in Christ that anger was going to destroy everything I really wanted. Not necessarily like, you know, I ain't, I ain't never had anger issue while I don't went in the store and, you know, fighting people and all that kind of crazy stuff. That's but, good. But that, that is good. That's good. Uh, I have a healthy, healthy dose of anti-jail. Uh, and so good. I wasn't going to do no crazy stuff. But it was robbing me of all the other things I wanted in my life, like close connection with you, close connection with my kids, close connection with friends, being able for somebody to even say that I'm sweet and, and actually go, yeah, I am sweet. You know, that was... We, Years, because a year ago, no, that would have made ago. me so mad. Not a year ago. No, a year ago. <laughs> a year. If I said you were sweet, Chris, a year ago, not if I told year. him, if I said he was sweet on this broadcast with everybody, he'd have been like, "Don't be telling everybody oh, that okay, I'm sweet. Okay, I Don't be telling that. everybody <laughs> that I'm sweet." Why? Because because anger did not want me to do that, and, and so it still raises his head every now and then to try to get me to come back to it. Okay, so I want to let's end with this right here. I want you to think about grace in this terms. Grace is permission to be who God made you. I love it. Grace is permit. Tamara said, see, Tamara doesn't come in for, she like, see, everybody knows. Grace is permission to be who God made you. Okay. I want y'all to begin to think about grace in that perspective. God, I thank you for the grace to remember so I can walk in. Mm -hmm. I thank you for the grace to remember so I can walk in, right? So grace gives me permission to be who God made me. So grace ends separation. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to pray right now is every place I'm separated from God mm -hmm. because I have a wrong perception, mm -hmm. I give Holy Spirit permission, permission. to bring life there. Amen. Come All right. On. So, Father, we thank you yes. in the name of Jesus that grace, grace. is permission Mission. to be who to you call who us. you call me to be. And grace is access mm -hmm. to end all separation. Yes. And so, Father, we ask right now. Right now. For release yes. of Holy Spirit wisdom. Yes. To help us remember who, who you, made you made us according to your original yes. design. And we ask that our eyes would be flooded with light, our ears would be able to hear, and our hearts would be able to conceive mm -hmm. our original identity. Mm -hmm. And we thank you that as we let grace work, we don't struggle to get free. Yes, Grace frees us yes. because we're already free. Mm -hmm. We end all separation between us and you. Yes. Holy Spirit, you have permission, permission. to come and reconnect every place we're disconnected. Mm -hmm. Now, Father, I pray for us because we, as we've said, we know that when we make this transition, it can feel naked. 
It can feel uncomfortable, but, but in the same way you came to Adam and Eve in the garden when they felt naked and uncomfortable, allow people to have encounters so they see that you're coming to them. Yes. That if they're giving up anger, as they're giving up people pleasing, as they're giving up these things that are not their real identity, give them the grace to see they are not alone and they do not have to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, what I want y'all to do is I just want y'all to give God some radical praise and see your, I'm new, baby. I'm new. I'm stepping into this some newness. Heart. Come give on, some, some fire, heart, some fire, all of this different <laughs> stuff. And I want you to meditate on this all week. Grace is permission to be, to be who God made you. Who God made me. It is permit. It is not a license to sin. Amen. It is not that you get to go to heaven anyway. Amen. It is permission to remember and end all separation. That's right. And to gee, listen. I was thinking about this the other day. The Bible talks about how what Jesus came to do. Mm -hmm. Do y'all realize that what Jesus really came to do was to end all separation? Yep. Do you realize this, that yes, hell is a physical place, but hell is also separation from God? Yep. Jesus came to end all separation. Every place you are separate from God, you are experiencing hell. Mm. He was like, come home because there's no reason for hell to be in any area of your life. Amen. That's so good. Man, listen, if you want to accept Jesus as your personal savior because you want to end all separation. It's a great day to And do. you want to come out of hell in any area come in your on life. Home. Come, on home. come on home. Listen, how do I come home? I simply acknowledge that I believe that Jesus did what mm -hmm. we're saying he did. He came so that separation would be ended. Mm -hmm. And I acknowledge that I cannot close the gap without him. Amen. And so I acknowledge that I need him to close yes. the gap. I need him so I can be redeemed yes. and restored to my true identity. My true you, identity. you believe that? You're saved. You've been living backslidden. You believe that? You're home. Come home. And then the next best thing you can do is ask the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, come take first place in my life. Come train me. Come help me hear you. Come help me walk through this. Come help me be who you really call me to be because that is your assignment in my life, right? Now, if you may say, I want to be a partner of this church because it's a great church. I love what Kelvin said. He said, I'm going to be drunk and tipsy all week. I Baby, we're about it. to get I drunk and tipsy a I whole new minute. Next it. year, 420 go have a whole new meaning. We gonna be like, listen, baby, on 420, we get real high up in this thing, <laughs> real established in who God called us to be, right? Listen, you may be thinking, I want to be a partner of this great ministry. And you should. There are some amazing partners here. Mm -hmm. And our desire is so for the people of God to live in total life prosperity in every area of their lives. And if you want to be a part of it, there's a link up there. You can click that link and you can, um, they'll get the link in yeah. just Or they can just go to, they can go to the web page. All you got to do is go to the website, FOC Church, uh, www.focchurch.com. Scroll down to where the... Uh, uh, registration part is and register register you register if you if, if you know if you got your family your whole family want to be a is. part come on there it is come on to be a so part become a virtual partner listen on um on june 5th we're going to be having virch virtual assistance i love i love these people who keep coming up with this now lisa done said we gonna call it lui we living under the influence <laughs> come on listen right listen um, Leslie says she go tell her work kids I got high on 420. <laughs> right, listen. Um, and so we just, you know, we're we're so excited about our amazing partners. We're so excited about everything that God is doing. We're so excited, y'all. Listen, 
you know these babies for scholarship funds, all the money that you raise, you know we're going to have a big scholarship drive in July. in July. But listen, some of these babies are getting ready to graduate and you should give yourselves a shout out because you are going to be part of the reason that they don't have to take on as much debt. That's right. So listen, maybe you want to give some of your offering this morning to the scholarship fund. But this church is 100% tithers. We believe that. We are a complete we call church. That in. We this call is 100% tithers. The people aren't skipping out on the tithe just because the world opening back. Up. We, we, I was talking to a pastor the other day and he was like, as the world opens up, our, our church giving is going down. I said, that's not our testimony. That is not our testimony. That's not our testimony. Tell your neighbor, say, that is not our testimony because that's not who we are. That's not who we that are. Is not who we, we are, are. We are in complete Christ. in Christ, that's right. right? And so we thank you because we may not be talking about it as much, but you guys don't even know the people that you're helping all over the world, the resources that are because they are coming into this ministry, they're being able to be distributed to help people absolutely change their lives. Some of those people are going to tell you their testimonies one day and you're going to be like, we did this in a pandemic. Yes, we did this. And in a pandemic. even if you don't know, heaven knows. Even if heaven knows know. that you are a part of doing what he has called this ministry to do, and that gets credited to your account. And that gets credited to your account, right? So we want to challenge you. Listen, PayPal is only for our international partners. Everybody else, you need to use one of the other platforms, GiveLify, PushPay, Tithely, or Text to Give. And listen, how many of you love to be a giver? I, I love, love to be a giver. I love, giving. I love to be a giver, I love right? Giving. It was so funny. I forgot to... We got busy. I think it was the the uh, Saturday. I mean, the Sunday that we had Resurrection Sunday, and uh, it turned midnight, and I hadn't given my tithe and my offering yet. And I know I had I had to get up because I was like, "Oh my God, I missed the Sunday. I didn't pay my tithe." And you was like, "Babe, just just click the button." But I, you know, and, and I want to, but I so I want to give every week. I, I love to give because I realize that when I give. It's my way of saying, God, I I could never, I could never give you back. I could never give what you you've back. given me. If I had all the money in all the world of everybody, I couldn't pay you for salvation. But what I can do is honor you with what I have. Yes, I can honor. You. I can honor. I can't you. pay you back, but I can and honor. And it's you. my and the more complete I see I am, baby, it's my the more great I want honor. To honor. The more, him. more I want to honor. Him. Okay, we're about to get out of here, but listen, I'm, let's go. We're going to test past Edwin and his completeness. We'll have him make a confession as he leaves. Okay, what's my completeness? I want you to say, I really am a sweet guy. I really am a sweet guy. And that's not weakness. And that's not weakness. I God. really am. <laughs> I, I actually am a really sweet guy. And I realize more and that's more good. that the more that the more I allow myself to just be who I am, the better I actually feel. You do. That I don't have to, I don't feel as, um, as rigid. Um, because it. I'm not trying to protect myself from somebody trying to hurt me. Uh, I just, I'm just going to be who I am in Christ. And I'm, I'm a sweet guy. I am. Yep. I am. I'm sweet. That don't mean I'll be taking advantage of, but I'm Babe, sweet. You didn't have to say that. Part. You didn't have I just, to say I, I, that. I did. Part. I had to say that part. You didn't have to say that. Part. Okay. All right. Well, we'll say, try next week. We'll try. <laughs> okay. Listen, y'all see Soul Ship working. All right. Y'all have an amazing day. Be sure to give. Come to services. Come to Strategies for Success if you have the ability to. Come to Tuesday night prayer. Make a time for that. Yeah. Come to Wednesday night service. Get your kids in Ignite. Have your babies. Um, have your babies watch, Victory, watch Zone. Victory Zone. Make sure your babies are learning the word. Come to prayer on Friday morning at 6 30. Come and see Chris and Valley at nine o'clock, and then come back here. And you know what I want everybody to do this week? 
that I want you to try to have next week. I want to let's have a, a unofficial virtual friends and family Sunday. You bring one person. Okay. If you you find you one person that can come to service with you virtually next week, and if you're willing to do that, put that in the comments. I'm in. I'm in. Get you one person. You just reach out to them this week and be like, listen, I'd like you to come and check out my church. We're teaching about how to live the resurrected Sunday. I'm resurrected life. Come and spend one Sunday with me at Fellowship of Champions. Yep. Can y'all do yep. that right? And look, we'll be talking about it this week. It's, it's unofficial. There's not going to be a flyer or a big post. And this is just you using your influence saying, hey, friend, come and check out service with me. One service next week. Let's learn yep. about what it means to be complete in Christ. Amen. All right. Y'all have an amazing, amazing week. We love you. We will see you at every service. We cannot right. wait and <laughs> have a great week on purpose. Bye-bye, guys. Bye.